We're talking this half hour about a story we first talked about last night, which is sextortion of teenage boys, a growing problem in this country. Um, and while there are resources out there for teens who fall prey to this, often they don't turn to them. Police agencies, agencies around the world have been sending out urgent warnings about sextortion against boys. Uh, organized crime rings, again, based overseas, poses young women on social media platforms uh, that teenagers use, like Snapchat and Instagram. They reach out to those teens, give them attention, they take advantage of uh, their level of development, impulsiveness, and quickly, quickly, as we found out with the case of uh, Danny Lintz, it can all go very badly, very quickly. Then the threats begin and so forth. It's very aggressive, not particularly sophisticated, but certainly relentless. Well, joining me now with more is Stephen Sauer. He's the director of cybertip.ca at the Canadian Centre for Child Protection. Thank you for your time tonight. Good evening, Ben. Thanks. I, I, I don't know if many of my our listeners would be aware that teenage boys have now become the principal target here in these sextortion uh, schemes, but that's what you're seeing. What's behind it, do you think? Absolutely. I think, you know, there, there's a vulnerability here for teenage boys in this space. Um, you know, a lot of these crimes that we're seeing come in through the tip line um, being reported to us and through our other mechanisms for reaching out to us. Uh, what we're seeing is that, that youth... Uh, tragically go through this pretty quickly. You know, they're approached by an individual. They think it's a similar aged peer. Um, they're, co they're coerced. They're tricked into sending a nude image or undressing on a live stream. And then uh, almost immediately the threats begin. Uh, these individuals know the vulnerabilities that these kids face and they understand how to pressure them and how to uh, get them to comply with their requests for money. How does it work? I mean, it sounds both, you know, diabolically simple and yet and yet very, very well orchestrated. Yeah, you know, there are so many different techniques out there in terms of pressuring, but typically the approaches that we're seeing happen through uh, platforms like Instagram or Snapchat where youth have accounts, They've, they are obviously sharing information about themselves on these accounts and uh, these these. Uh, attackers, these extorters are essentially, uh, you know, harvesting the information about these individuals and contacting youth on a regular basis. So, you know, it's pretty simple. They, they, they reach out, they may send a, an instant message, a direct message to the youth through one of those platforms. Um, and then they, they begin to have a conversation with them. They tr start to pressure them into sending nude images. They're pretty relentless, um, you know, and often if they don't comply um, if the youth decides that it's, it's, you know, they don't have the money or they, you know, they, they aren't willing to, uh, to comply with the demands, uh, you know, the, these extorters are uh, very, very aggressive and it's hard to get away from them. You know, they often talk about the fact that this is a job for them and that they're out there to ruin kids' lives. What do kids need to know then? What do kids and parents need to know about these situations? Because it feels like it plays into something that is kind of common for, for teenagers to get involved in, in in some ways, especially older ones. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that we talk to families about is, is the fact that this is, this is just a form of online sexual violence. So we certainly see this through a number of mechanisms. But, you know, having the conversation with your kid about uh, the pressure tactics that are used, um, how quickly things can unravel if a new image is sent. Um, and, you know, the other thing, too, is we want kids to understand that it's not their fault that this stuff happens. You know, that these people are 
out there targeting them because they are vulnerable to this. Um, and, you know, in some cases, we see situations where the kids haven't even sent a nude image, um, but a picture of them has been sent with their face, and that face is then photoshopped onto a nude image, and the threats begin from there because they say that they're going to distribute this, this uh, photoshopped image instead of an actual image if they don't comply and provide more imagery or uh, pay up. Uh, do we know who these people are? Well, there's, you know, it seems to us and, and from the information that we have um, that there's a number of individuals internationally who are engaged in this. You know, they're, they're from various jurisdictions around the world and we don't have a lot of detail on what that looks like. But what we've heard from law enforcement is that they seem to be organized. They seem to be orchestrated in their uh, in their activities um, from areas like um, Africa and Southeast Asia that are engaged in this and, and really have a good understanding of, of how to, the tactics that, uh, the, and the approaches that work. Um, and it's, you know, it's evolved over time in terms of the tactics. We see um, changes in, in those tactics on an ongoing basis. Is there enough being done to fight it? And if, if not, who isn't, who isn't doing enough? Yeah, I think there's a number of gaps here that have left children, uh, you know, helpless in these cases and, and families helpless in these cases. Um, obviously, you know, at the ground level, police don't necessarily have the resources to investigate this, especially on the local level. Um, it, you know, it requires some coordination by governments, by police in the, you know, on a in national and international level. And we're starting to see some of that, which is great news. But the other aspect that is not talked about a lot is the fact that the tech companies that are involved in this, you know, you talk about the Snapchats, the Instagrams, they have the information, they have all the data, they have the ability to get out in front of this. What could they be doing? Well, certainly knowing their users, um, you know, we know that these companies already know who we are. They serve up, uh, you know, targeted advertising to all of us. And yet, you know, now they pretend that they don't know enough about who's doing this. They allow fake accounts to be created over and over again. Um, we've seen situations where the same profile image of a young female is used across, you know, 20 or 30 different accounts. And, uh, you know, that, that could be an easy way of, of targeting this is looking for similarities um, that really they have all the information. They should be doing more in this space. And as far as I can tell, it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter if you live in a rural community in Manitoba, as was the case with, with Danny Lintz. It doesn't matter if you live in a big city. Everyone is, everyone is vulnerable here. Absolutely. They're, you know, they're not really targeting so much based on a specific jurisdiction or location. What they're looking at is, you know, the individuals, youth from North America, they believe they have the money, you know, to target them and they have this vulnerability. Um, they're often engaged in social media uh, a lot more than maybe other youth worldwide. And so they, this, is, this is really their target audience. And, and like you said, it doesn't really matter where you come from. Um, you could be, uh, you know, unfortunately extorted by these individuals. So what advice do you have then for any teen out there, any parent who becomes aware of a teen who's gotten one of these messages, whether they comply or not? As you mentioned, it doesn't matter sometimes if they comply or not, the extortion begins. Yeah. What's your, what's your advice? Definitely our advice is, is first to stop all communication with that individual. Don't comply with the demands. If, if they've already complied, you know, it might make sense to connect um, with the, you know, a bank 
that where the, the transfer has been made um, to stop that transfer, um, but also report. So whether that's reporting to police or connecting uh, with cybertip.ca or connecting with us through our needhelpnow.ca website, um, those are good avenues to at least to try to get out ahead of this and, and we can help you through that. Stephen Sauer, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate valuable advice. Thank you for having me, Ben.